This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, I'm Robbie Lashua, and today we have a special guest here with us. I'm here with Trevor Shallow. He is the high school pastor at Desert Springs Community Church. Say hello, Trevor. Do you say high school? You are high school pastor. I am high school. Yep. You are. Why am I on this? Why do you allow me on this? <laughs> well, Tyler was busy. So oh, okay. no, I'm just kidding. Are you, are you, you needed know? another T? No, yeah, another T. Instead of Tyler, we got Trevor. So. Okay. No, I'll we wanted it. you here. You're, you're doing a really cool thing uh, coming up in in June with the high schoolers on a mission trip. So we definitely want to talk about that today. Right. Uh, but before we get there, coffee tip. Coffee tips. We always come up with coffee tips before. Actually, there was one uh, that we didn't talk about coffee, and I actually got complaints about it. Did you? People were texting me saying, I was so disappointed in this podcast. And I'm thinking, did I say something so wrong? it was just Christ or? and culture? It was just Christ and culture, yeah. And that wasn't enough not for some enough. people. Yeah. I'm not going to mention anybody's last name, but the guy's first name was Jim. And he texted me, and he said, hey, I missed my coffee uh, tip, and I'm really disappointed. So he was kind of joking. Come on, Jim. All right, Jim. So here's your coffee tip for All the right, day. All right, Jim. Your coffee tip for the day is even if you call ahead to a Starbucks and ask if they have nitro cold <laughs> brew on tap, they will still let you down. Uh, true. So don't go to Starbucks to get a nitro. I called ahead this past week to get a nitro cold brew. They said, yeah, we got nitro cold brew on tap. And uh, I get up to the line and order my drink. And... Uh, Make my order, and then I'm waiting in line, and then the lady, like it's my problem, says, "Yeah, buddy, we're out of nitro. Uh, we can't, we can't serve you nitro. We're, we're, out, we're out of it." And I'm just. Did like, you tell her you called ahead? I said I even called. What do I have to do? And this is this has happened to me before at the same location. Oh, so, folks, man. if you want a a good tip, uh, uh, sorry Starbucks, but you got to step up your uh, nitro cold brew game. Um, it's amazing you go to a coffee shop and they say, "Yeah, we're out of coffee." How does that even happen? It's when you add these weird things like nitrogen to it, okay. like weird chemical gases and things that... So I guess go to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf if you want nitro cold brew. I guess, but They've I have never, I have not tried nitro from, uh, from that place. Oh, I like it. It's good. You've told me it's good. So. It's not as good as Starbucks. Starbucks is better, okay. but um, if you can't get it... Be, all I'm saying is beware, my friends. Be, beware. Be prepared for a letdown. So I just got a cold brew and it, it, it served its purpose, but... I'm sorry. You... First world problems. Yeah. One of the things I like to do sometimes when I go in, because uh, a, a lot of people don't, a lot of people do know, but some people don't know, like all the fancy drinks, right? They got the nitro, they got the latte, cappuccino, macchiato. <laughs> half steam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Half steam, half it's Half steam. They got all this stuff. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I only want half of it steamed and then the rest cold milk. I want you to mix it. Um, but one of the things that I, I like to do is, um, cause you get a latte, it costs like five, six bucks to yep. get a, to get a big one, you know? Yep. And so I go in and I say, Hey, I don't want a latte. Just give me some coffee. And then you add your flavoring to it. So if you like, like a vanilla latte, get a coffee with vanilla in it. It's super cheap. And then you go over to the free milk that they have on the counter uh, and you fill it up with half geez. and half. Yeah. It's just it, – it's it's the same – it's a little different because you're not getting espresso, but it's coffee. And a couple of weeks ago, we even talked about how there's more caffeine uh, in a big cup of coffee than in espresso just because of the amount. Plus you're saving money. Plus you're saving – well, that's the key, right? You're Dave saving Ramsey would money. be really proud. <laughs> Dave Ramsey would be proud. So that's one of my tips too is – 
don't get the latte. Get the flavoring, get the coffee, and then go use the free half and half on the counter. Dude, yours it's a no-brainer. Yours is way better than mine. Mine's just this pessimistic well, yours, idea towards <laughs> coffee. Yours don't could, get coffee. It's horrible. Yours could save people some time, though, so that's helpful. <laughs> I guess. Oh, man. Well, so this past Sunday here at the church, we had uh, SMI Sunday. It stands for Student Missionary Internship. Yep. We Every year, we take our high schoolers on a big um, summer mission trip in June, and you are in charge of that. This is your second year being second completely year. in charge. Uh, so just, I'd like you to tell everybody what you guys are doing, why you're doing it, how you prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going on a missions trip, and we've how we do it here at our church is instead of just going on a missions trip, we do training that leads up to the trip. So our students have been preparing for this for a while. So we're going to uh, the SoCal region, Anaheim, California. Mm -hmm. We're going to be going up to San Diego one day. But uh, really our goal is to engage with Muslims. We want Muslims to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so we're actually going to be doing, uh, kind of ease into it a little bit. We're going to do some mosque outreaches. Um, we're going to actually do some tours before that time. So we're going to, get to participate in a sense with a, a Muslim service, see how they, they work. And then the imam's going to take us in. He's going to do a time of Q&A with us oh, okay. and um, tell us what they believe, why they believe it. And our students will get an opportunity to ask some questions. So uh, we're also going to get to go to like a market uh, out uh, place and just see where they buy food, how they interact in the market. But so kind of like a cultural experience right there. But then from that, we're going to, say, okay, now we're going to talk to Muslims. So we're going to go to the mosques again, and we're actually going to talk to Muslims as they're leaving the mosque. Mm -hmm. We're going to hand them materials, gospel materials. We're going to try and uh, engage them in conversation. I'm really excited about one day we're actually going up to San Diego, uh, El Cajon, actually near uh, Balboa Park, Oh yeah, where we've been before um, in past trips in um, doing some doing some outreaches there, but we're actually going to get the opportunity to go door to door and uh, meet some Muslim refugees and uh, praying that they'll actually invite us into their homes and That's we'll get awesome. to have a meal with them and you know discuss Jesus mm -hmm. with them. But uh, that's that's kind of the main main stuff that we're doing. But well, I, mean, I know. Okay, so so that sounds awesome. I know there's some people listening going. I would never let my kid go on a scary trip like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want right? my high schooler to get beheaded, right? Yeah, or or just uh, I don't want their their faith to crumble while they're out on the mission field. So, w what are the things that you've done? Like, what did the students have to do to prepare for this? How have you got them ready to go engage in kind of yeah. a a difficult situation, yeah. engaging with Muslims? So the way we structure uh, SMI is it's about 14, 15 weeks of training. Okay. And what we've done this year is we've taken them through the book, No God But One, which is an awesome book. If you're out there listening, if you ever want a book that's so good about um, comparing the Christian faith to the Islamic faith, No God But One by Nabil Qureshi is excellent. Mm. So we've taken our students through that. And let me tell you, this isn't like you're a Dr. Seuss uh, level reading. This is this is serious reading that we've taken our students uh, through. So it's given them the opportunity to look at the Islamic faith while simultaneously examining their own faith. Mm. So we've taken them through that book. We've gone through another nice little book called The Ambassador's Guide to Islam mm -hmm. uh, by Alan Schliemann. That's been a great book. We've also had the opportunity to have several speakers come out during our trainings. Uh, we have them every Sunday from one to three, but we have um, some speakers come out. We had uh, David Wood. If you ever want to see 
someone fun on YouTube. Just YouTube <laughs> David Wood Islam. Uh, this guy, he's one of the leading apologists um, in reaching Muslims for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually came out. He spoke with us. Um, we have a guy that's been doing Muslim ministry for for decades. He's actually helping to lead the trip. He came out a couple times to uh, speak with us about um, a few tactics and even some uh, examining theology for Muslims. Um, but so really, it's I mean, it's just been a mixture of lecture, reading, coming into uh, discussion times yeah. with our students. You know, if because if we all read this stuff and then we don't have a, a chance to kind of talk through it ourselves in groups, it, yeah. you know, you kind of lose some things. So you that's, process it. Yeah, so it's also been a great opportunity for our students to come in uh, throughout the week and process, okay, here's what I read in the in the book, and how does that make sense, and how do, how do we, how's that going to apply on the, on the trip? So, yeah, well, and even, I mean, I'm imagining as, you, as you're on the trip, you know, and they're engaging with Muslims, there's going to be need for that, right? There's going to be, okay, let's debrief. What did you hear oh, yeah, today? Definitely. What happened? And there's going to be they'll probably it. forget something too. Like, of course. Oh, man, what, yeah. what was that argument or what, what do they believe? Like, yeah. So it's, you know, we try and prep them as best we can for it. And our students, uh, we've been, we grade them through this too. Mm-hmm. They have to each pass at least 80% in several areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys have just done a really good job. Um, That's so awesome. Examining the Islamic faith, examining their own faith, and, and why they believe it. So well, and so last week on the podcast we talked about um, parenting with apologetics, cool. and one of the one of the points that we talked about was how important it is not to quarantine your kids from the world. Mm-hmm. Now I know Scripture says we're in the world, but not of it. Right. But it says we're in it. And whether I think, you like it or not. Yeah, whether you like it or not. You're in it. A lot of people uh, have, have taken the idea that, no, let's try to be out of it, right? Let's let's separate ourselves. Let's quarantine yeah. our kids from the evil, and then it won't get to them. But they don't realize that the evil is inside their kid. Like, we are sinners. Mm-hmm. We're the problem yep. with the world. And so um, instead of, instead of um, quarantining your kids from the evil, uh, the approach you're taking with with the high school students is inoculating them, right? We're teaching them what Muslims think, what they believe. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the Quran and reading through it yeah. and comparing it with scripture and thinking about things logically. And then we're going to go engage with people. And through doing that, these kids are going to come back really solidified and they know the truth yes. because they've engaged with people right. with the opposing view and see it's not scary and they don't right. have any any leg to stand mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And so I think that's awesome. I think that is, um, man, all of us need to be doing that in our li- in our regular life, yeah. even as adults. Yep. Um, how would you say it? Being intentional about making opportunities to talk with people who aren't in your group or religion, yeah. right? That We need to do that. Like your stomach sinks when you see them like, oh, yeah. that person. The Mormons come to the door yeah. and you oh, ignore them. JW. Or, oh, JW. Yep. Nope. Answer the door. Yep. Get do to it. know the arguments and... Um, yeah, because in- inoculation works way better than yeah, quarantine. Agreed. So, and that's, that's a way great. better approach, I think. Versus, I mean, I know you and Tyler have talked about the the student drop off rate for yeah. high schoolers and stuff going into college. And one of the reasons why we do trips like this is, um, when when they get to college, there this isn't going to be their first time hearing um, their faith challenged. Mm-hmm. Because by doing trips like this, they're going to have a Muslim. I guarantee you on this trip, Tom. Well, you believe the Trinity. How does that even make sense? Yeah. Because last time I checked, uh, one plus one plus one is three. But you, so you worship three gods, but yet they're one. So, um, 
this has been a great trip just in that example to prepare students. Why do I believe what I believe? Is it because my parents tell me Mm. it's true or is it because it's true? It's who God has revealed himself to be. And on top of that, it's, it's logical. Mm -hmm. It's not just something the Christian church, uh, the establishment has made up to, you know, inundate people. Yeah. So they're, they're developing their doctrine and their faith and what they believe. So it's not just, it's not just about going on the offensive and showing Muslims why they're wrong. It's also, we need to know what we think because they're going to be asking us questions. So what would you say, like, what's the main difference between this kind of an approach with the trip and the training Versus like a regular like Sunday school type approach or a regular small group approach. Like what's the benefit to the, the trip? Uh, benefit to the trip versus, you know, like I guess you said a, a small group approach. The, the trip is the application. Okay. So I guess you could say in a sense the, the training is like your, your stereotypical Sunday school uh, small group time where you're just you're ingesting information basically. Mm-hmm. And as you well know, if, if you're just taking in this information without uh, putting it into practice, uh, that can actually lead to a dangerous thing with, mm-hmm. with students and with anyone. It, it gets to this um, very prideful, um, like, like you said earlier, just like beating people down with, with truth all the time. Like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But mm-hmm. this will be such a great opportunity. I'm excited to see students... Um, after all this training is over, it's like, okay, now it's time to get to work. It's time to go out. It's time to try these tactics. It's time to talk to Muslims about theology. So I view, in the way we view these trips, is the, the trip is the application to everything that they've learned. And they get to see where they succeed. They get to see where they fail. Um, and they get to lean on their other teammates if they forget something. Because, oh, yeah. um, and I'll be honest with you, like this, this type of trip isn't my strength, I would say. And it's been really cool for me to see other leaders come alongside me and just, um, you know, build me up where I'm weak and be like, oh, you forgot about this, Trevor. What about this? And um, it's cool to see the body of Christ really come together in moments like this. Um, you know, like God's called uh, people to certain giftings mm-hmm. and to see people come together on a trip like this and just help each other out with the whole goal being we got to share the gospel with people. We gotta yeah. talk to Muslims about Jesus. I'm just excited to see what that will look like. So that's awesome. Well, yeah. so um, <clears throat> th- th- this approach, yeah, like you were saying, it's it's a it's a better approach, and it really um, helps the kids solidify in what they think and how to talk with Muslims because there's the trip, right? Yes. I mean, Sunday school is good, and like you know, as yeah, a pastor, like awesome. in our sermons, I'd like to think my, what I do is worthwhile. Yeah, I think so, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but as <laughs> with our sermons or in our classes, we always have application, right? Because mm-hmm. of what we've learned. Now, please go do Let's this. Go do it. But yep. you don't guarantee anybody goes and does no. it. No. What you're doing with this trip is now your feet are going to be held to the fire, and I'm yep. I'm taking you and I'm pushing you in front of a Muslim. Here you go. You either do this or you're walking back home from Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. That's a long walk. Yeah, that's a really long walk. You <laughs> die. Do, do you think with that, I mean, just because there's the immediate application of the trip, so they actually do it, which is good, um, but also knowing that they're going to have to do it, do they train harder than just like if it was a normal small group and they're studying something? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's almost like this, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to call it fear necessarily, but... I think sometimes, I've seen this with myself, sometimes when I hear ideas or I hear, well, there's people out there, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the 
whatever this in quotations. Quotes, yeah. There's people out there that think this. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we hear these thoughts, we hear these ideas, we hear these teachings in Sunday school, we, we kind of say, okay, yeah, that's cute or whatever. But we sometimes don't actually meet those people. So I think these kids know, all right, I'm actually in June going to meet someone that's mm-hmm. going to believe this. And I need to be ready to make a defense yeah. for what I believe. And so, you know, I think sometimes with the Sunday school model, you know, which is, it's just fine. I don't, you know, I don't want to knock on it. Sometimes if we, if we come every week and we just consume something and not apply it, um, I think sometimes people forget, wow, there's people out there that actually believe this. Yeah. There's people that actually exist around us. They could be <clears throat> next door to you, you know, whoever that actually believe this. And we need to be ready to give a defense and to tell them about him. So I think mm-hmm. the kind of the, the accountability of the trip of we're going to meet Muslims. Mm-hmm. They're going to give a defense for what they believe. We have to be prepared to give a defense is, is definitely an incentive for them to, to work hard for it. Because if these kids come and they're just skating by and um, not putting the work into it, you know, they're going to get, you know, creamed for lack of a better word. Yeah. There. And you know what, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's part of trips like this provide opportunities for them to fail too, which failure can be a, uh, a good thing sometimes mm-hmm. to be like, man, I I should have put a lot more work into that. Or man, maybe maybe I don't own this as well as I should, mm-hmm. and I need to I need to spend more time with the Lord, or I need to get some discipleship or mentorship in my life to get me to that next level. Yeah, what what I've seen in doing trips like this, or even um, just doing adult classes with different religions or, or cults, and then you push people invite somebody to your house. Who, who thinks that when people do that or when we're out on trips and, and they, they actually do it, it's funny because they, um, if they don't know an argument, like somebody brings something up, it forces them. Okay. I know I read that book, yeah. but I didn't pay attention and they go back to it and yeah. they're ready. So even on the trip, kids are going to be studying and honing their skills, yes. so to speak. Yes. Um, the other thing I love about this kind of a trip is that, like you said, if we just are sitting <clears throat> with our group in our churches and hearing about the evil entity of Islam yes. or the evil entity, there, there's no faces to it, right? Exactly. It's just this thing yeah. out there. And then when you are face-to-face with someone who believes this, mm-hmm. um, you actually care about them as a human. Yes. And, and you, can't, you can't get that. You, you can say it, but you can't get that unless you go out and do it. It just becomes this bad ideology Versus, man, this is a lie that people are believing, yeah. and they're going to hell because exactly. of it. Exactly. Yep. I was going to say that Be- these are these are people with faces that are going to perish mm-hmm. in hell because of what they believe. Yep. And that that should that's really the incentive, right? Is we got to pull people away from these these false truths, these false religions, because they're going to be apart from Christ for eternity. Mm-hmm. And there are people with families, with with kids, with yeah. with spouses, and. Uh, yeah, exactly. Putting a name to the face, putting a, a, a face to the religion, whatever you want, however you want to say that. It's it makes people care more. Too. It does. And it, th- th- the other thing about this is this is going to change the kids' lives going forward. It's not just like for the summer. Oh, I did that yeah. Islam thing. Like for the rest of their life, they're going to right. um, do this. And at Sunday, when you were presenting to the church, you shared a statistic about how fast Islam's growing. Yeah. 
Um, can you share that with us and then share why it's important that these students are going to know how to engage yeah. Muslims for the rest of their life? Well, first off, <clears throat> three times in the services I said by the year 2015, oh, yeah. no. Islam will surpass Christianity. It's actually 2050. It's not a back to the future. <laughs> um, but it, Pew Research Center projects that Islam, which is the second largest religion in the world right now, makes up 23.5% of the world's population. It's projected to surpass Christianity as the world's leading religion by 2050. Um, right now there's 1.8 billion Muslims. Wow. And just because of birth rate, mostly birth rate, Islam's going to grow. Um, so in 32 so, years, Islam will be the, if it continues growing like it is, it if, will be the largest religion yes, in the world. And that's the thing, if. And <clears throat> I, I, told the, I told the church this um, Saturday and Sunday, like the competitive side of me is like, Oh no, we're number one. We're the number one seed. Like we can't lose that, you know. Yeah, sure. Like we got to be number one. But really, the heart behind it is it's because it's true. What I believe is true. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe this just because it's a competitive thing. But, but man, to see more people believe in Islam versus Christianity breaks my heart. Yeah. And when you get into Islam, when you get into the teachings of Muhammad and and who Allah is, it's just a dark. Sad religion with so many discrepancies, and it's mm -hmm. just it's just false. It's, it's a lie. False. It's yeah. a lie. And lies aren't reality. Yep. And when people don't believe in reality, they get hurt. Yes. And that's that's what Satan's trying to do is lead people to death by believing in false reality. And I would say, especially, you know, I don't I don't want to stereotype necessarily, but I would say, especially with Islam, with what a lot of people perceive Islam to be. It is a it's a very dangerous religion. Mm -hmm. If you look at the teachings of Muhammad, if you look at what Allah commands his followers to do, um, it's it's a scary thing. Like to see most of the world following someone who uh, commands people to kill people of opposing faiths. Yeah. Um, whether whether you like that or not, whether you think that's what Muslims believe or not, that's that's what it teaches. Yeah, it is. Um, I, that's a scary thing too. So it's it is dangerous. It's very dangerous. Well, um, it's dangerous because it's false and it's leading people to hell. It's dangerous because it says to harm people in the name of God. Yeah. It's dangerous because it says if you're gonna not if you're gonna beat your wife, but you should beat your wife, and and here's how you go about it. Yeah. I mean, it is a very very damaging, dangerous belief. A ba bad beliefs have. Victims, yes. not just consequences. Yes. Victims, mm -hmm. and so yeah, Islam is um, man. It is sad, and it is a, a lie that's really consumed a lot of people, and is continuing to be um, to be promoted to a ton of people. Yeah. I mean, almost almost a quarter of the world believes. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Trevor, let's segue to talking about if if you have a chance to talk with a Muslim, what is a good tactic? What's a good approach? To say, hey, here's why you should consider Christianity. Here's yeah. here's a problem with Islam, and here's why um, the the true Jesus of the New Testament yeah. is real. What what would you say for our listeners? What's a good tip that we could all use? Yeah, um, I would say if you're talking to a nominal nominal Muslim, uh, which I would say there's that's most people. It's um, there's a lot of Muslims who don't know. What their faith says, they just, just believe it because family. they say it, or the yeah. imam tells them what to believe. Um, one one of my biggest surprises, because one of the reasons why I did this this trip, this type of trip, was I started out with myself like, 
saying, man, I don't, I don't know a lot about Islam. I'd like to find out more mm-hmm. about Islam and what it teaches. And in doing the training, one of the biggest surprises I found in doing this is you don't even have to open up the Bible necessarily, but you could just look at the, the Quran itself and mm-hmm. look at who Jesus is as compared to Muhammad. And Jesus is better than Muhammad. In the Quran. In the Quran. You don't don't have to even open up the New Testament or anything like that. You could just, from the Quran, now I'm not saying everything in the Quran is actually what's true, but if you want to just use their text and say, listen, you say Jesus is a prophet and he's a sub-tier prophet to Muhammad, well, how about I just show within your own book why Jesus is better than your own prophet? Okay, so this would be a good tip. So if, if somebody has a Muslim friend or neighbor... Um, you're saying that a good approach would be to say, hey, let's go through the Quran, mm-hmm. underline every place that's talked about, that yeah. talks about Jesus. Well, be careful underlining because, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be careful about <laughs> we'll, that. We'll document <laughs> yeah. every place that talks about Jesus. We'll document every place that talks about Muhammad. And then we'll compare what the Quran says yes. about these two yep. people. Let's just have, yeah, like, let's just have a little fun. Let's let, you can, you can really welcome them in. And they'll like that too. Like, they'll like, okay, yeah, you can leave out your book. Like, let's just look at my book, and we'll compare who uh, Muhammad and Jesus are. Okay. And you'll just you'll just see all this crazy stuff where you're like, and why is Muhammad a better prophet than Jesus? Tell me why hmm. the Quran says that again. Uh, that's that's a really good approach. Um, one of the one of the things that really sticks out to me was it talks about Jesus being born of a virgin. Okay. So within the Quran, um, nineteen. Uh, chapter 19, 19 through 21, it talks about how Jesus was born of a virgin. And it was talks about being born from, from Mary. Okay. Now, that's pretty impressive. It's like, okay, yeah, Jesus born of a virgin. And the best part, too, is that's exactly what the Bible teaches. So you've already taught them a Christian doctrine without even having to open up okay. the Bible. Because the Quran states the, the same Quran thing. The Quran states the exact same thing. Jesus was born of a virgin. Okay. You look at Muhammad, just a regular dude, not born, born like you and I, you know, when a man and a woman, all that stuff. Sure. He was born just a regular dude. So even just the birth and how the birth happened with Jesus, you could start there. It's it makes it more than, significant. Yeah, it's way more significant. And so that that's something that should stick out to us. Um, it talks about Jesus having no sin. It talks about that Jesus huh. was a man who was sinless. He was a prophet who was sinless. Wow. And there's actually... The Quran says this. The Quran says this. Does it say, like, what about Muhammad? Does the Quran... There's there's a couple places, I believe it's, I know it's at least one place, but there's two places where it talks about uh, Muhammad actually having to confess his sins. Okay. So the logic is, if Muhammad is commanded to confess his sins, that means he's had to confess, or he's sinned. He's sinned, yeah. So we have someone who is perfect, and we have someone who is not perfect or imperfect, who is Muhammad, Mm. and we have a sinless person who is Jesus. So according to the Quran, Jesus is sinless, Muhammad has sin, Jesus is born of a virgin, Muhammad is just born regular. So, yeah, why is Muhammad considered greater? Uh, That is a great question. (laughs) Um, another another example, a third example I would use is there's a couple of miraculous things that Jesus is said to have done within the Quran. Okay. There's a place in the Quran where it says Jesus, you know, as a two as a two day old, 
starts to speak. Now, if my if my uh, one of my daughters started doing that at two days old, I'd be like, I'm listening to you. I'm watching you, kid. Let's yeah. see, let's see what you do because yeah. uh, you got big things if you're already speaking at two days old. That's um, really significant. Well, and and if I remember right, Muhammad didn't get a revelation until he was in his mid twenties. Is that when it was? He was already married. And yeah, yeah. He uh, he came on a little bit later. Later. So, but Jesus is talking at two days. Yeah, old. Jesus is is. And then on top wow. of that, you see Jesus never once do you see Muhammad do a miraculous event within the Quran. Okay. And as far as as far as I understand, within the Hadiths, there are. No other places where Muhammad is said to have performed. He's more of a miracles. political leader, not yeah. a miracle I mean, he was just a worker. dude that traveled around and, and spread the message of Islam, and I would say, like, really destroyed people's lives in mm-hmm. the process. Whereas we see Jesus, um, he it's there's an actual portion of the Quran where it says that he turns some uh, pigeons, uh, or he turns some uh, clay into pigeons, or clay pigeons, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so he per- he performs a miraculous event. He said. Turn something from that is immobile, that is without life, to life. Okay. He performs this miraculous event. Now, where in the Quran do we see Muhammad do anything spectacular like that? Hmm. You don't find it. So we see uh, Jesus, who is sinless, Jesus born of a virgin, Jesus who performs miracles, compared to Muhammad, who didn't do any of those things. Didn't do nothing. So why is he... A- yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why? Why would you believe him to be a greater prophet? Yeah, even if you believe, if so, if I believe the Quran, if I want to believe yes. in the Quran as God's word, God's word is explaining Jesus as the greater prophet. Yes. So if I, if I believe the Quran's true and I want to trust God, I should trust that Jesus is better. Yes, and that's I'd a great say, tactic. And that's a and I would say that's a very non-combative approach. Just to just a step one. You're you're not you're not attacking uh, you're not, you know you're not even necessarily uh, talking the deity of Jesus at this point either. You're just no. saying, is it possible just just by looking at the Quran that Jesus is better than mm-hmm. Muhammad? So if you can within the Quran say that Jesus is better than Muhammad, what if I now took you to the teachings of Jesus? Mm-hmm. So now maybe that person would be more open to you opening up your New Testament and saying, okay. So this is where Jesus says that he is God, mm-hmm. that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through him. Where you get to take him to places where he says, I and the Father are one. You've just taken a smaller step with, you know, hopefully your Muslim friend where they are at least open to the fact, okay, you have my attention, you haven't even opened up your book, but you've shown me just within my book mm-hmm. that Jesus is better than Muhammad. <laughs> you've got my attention. Tell me who this Jesus is. Yeah. Well, that's just a loving thing to do too, because you're you're, you're saying I'll start on your turf, right? Yeah. I, we don't even have yeah. to use the Bible. I want to know what your book says because mm-hmm. I know the Quran's important to you. I love you as a human. I love yeah. you as a person. So let's look at your book. Yeah. I think that's a great way. To, it's yeah. just it is real non-combative, right? Um, but you can share truth from it. That is amazing. So Jesus, according to the Quran, is greater than Muhammad. Yes. Man, yeah. that, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, really that's cool. really interesting. I had a um, I had a stat here I wanted to read. Um, it said that Muhammad's mentioned in four places in the Quran, and Jesus is mentioned twenty five times. <laughs> so this is amazing because we believe it's a false book, right? right. We believe it's probably demonically inspired because um, because uh, Muhammad said an angel gave it to him, gave him these sayings. Um, 
And if it is demonically inspired or if it's just created by man, either way, it's it's not from God. And yet, they still can't get away from talking about Jesus and talking up Jesus. Right. It's interesting when you when you read the New Testament and you see Jesus interact with demons, they always admit who he really is. Mm-hmm. They say, I know who you are. Yep. This is the son of the most high. This is like they can't deny who he is. Um, and then they say, please don't hurt me, right? Yeah. And so if, if this is demonically inspired, the Quran is, then it's it's kind of the same story yeah. where they're just saying, we yeah, he was a miracle worker. Well, he was born of a virgin. And here's here's the here's what's so amazing about Jesus, you know. It's it's kinda like say what you want about the guy, but the guy, Jesus, the man Jesus, you don't you don't hear a lot of people trashing on Jesus. Everyone you know, wants everyone, a piece of him. Everyone, everyone loves him. Everyone loves Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Now, whether they call him God or not, that's that's a different story. But isn't it interesting that every world religion, just about um, atheists, people, just they admire the person yeah. of Jesus. They think he was a good teacher. Yes. Yeah. And even within Islam, you know, and there's a lot of other places where, you know, like get into the Islamic dilemma, which is another tactic and stuff where it's actually you know, talking about how the, the Quran self-refutes itself. But when you look when you look and see who Jesus is and how Islam just raises up the person of Jesus, it just that gave me a lot of validation for my faith. Like hmm. it Muslims can't even talk bad about Jesus. Yeah. And the Quran can't talk bad about Jesus within <laughs> their own writings. They could have I mean they could have said like, and this is why Jesus sucks or something yeah, like that. But they think you know, he's a prophet. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. In fact, they go as far as to say he is, you know, he's without sin. Mm. It's crazy to me that, and that's why it's so powerful. If you just, it's all about Jesus, right? It is. If you just bring Muslims back to Jesus about who he is, his love for them, his love for the entire world, um, man, God will just, God will just take it from there. So I'm excited to uh, use that tactic on Muslims and just open up their book and, and talk with them about just comparing, let's just compare Muhammad and Jesus, and yeah. let's start there. Well, that's a great tip for all of us. Yeah, so if you're talking with a Muslim or, or you're intentionally befriending some Muslims, uh, use that tactic. Say, I want to study the Quran with you. I want to know what it says about Muhammad because he seems to be important to you, and I want to know what it says about Jesus because Jesus is important to me. And as you look at that, compare them, and then show your Muslim friend, hey, it seems the Quran says Jesus is greater. It seems like he's more powerful. It seems like he's sinless, He's which means he's holier. Right. Than Muhammad, right? Yeah. Um, man, that is a great way to to approach approach this man. Well, thanks so much for the time today, Trevor. We're excited about the trip. Excited about what you guys are going to yeah. do out there. Let Let's end. Please just share with us um, a few things we can pray for. So the trips uh, June June sixteenth through the twenty third. So sixteenth through twenty third, couple weeks. So how, how can we be uh, praying for you and the team while you're out in Southern California? Um, Really, spiritual safety. That's that's probably the the first one because uh, the teachings of Islam are very disturbing. Mm. Um, I know Satan does not want us to do what we're doing. Yeah, and there's going to be spiritual conflict. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, so you could just uh, all of you please be praying for uh, spiritual protection for our our adult leaders that are going out there, our student leaders, and our and our students just for spiritual protection that they'll stay close to the Lord over these next couple weeks and on the trip. 
um, and that God will really just start breaking down some barriers while we're out there and some spiritual strongholds. But um, yeah, and obviously there's there's definitely some you know the there's some physical you know um, concerns too of you know safety and stuff like that. I'm I'm pretty confident what we're doing. We're we're providing a safe environment for these students. But you know it's uh, it's definitely something in the back of your mind. So even just praying for uh, physical safety. Um, but most of all, that we would we would see some Muslims uh, turn from Islam and uh, believe in Jesus as as God, and and step out of the lie of Islam Amen. and come into the glorious uh, light of, of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. So. Man. Well, we'll definitely be praying for you. If you, our listeners, would be praying as well, we'd really appreciate that because uh, you're going into darkness. Yep. And and light shines really bright in darkness, yep. and sometimes it's unwanted. Yep. Um, Bring it. But, but this is what we're called to do, yeah. That's what being ambassadors is about. That's what being witnesses of Jesus is about. So we're excited about it. Yep. It's going to be great, we man. too. Well, maybe we'll have you on after you come back. You could tell us maybe a little more about the trip. I, uh, once I, uh, maybe I'll find some breaks between my eating pizza and... Um, <laughs> yeah. Because that's all that high pastors, pastors do, right? Do. Play games do? and eat pizza. I think yeah, that's it. Think yeah. That's about it. Right. So. Well, you're not the typical, man. You're doing a great job. Learn from the best. Learn from the best. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We hope that uh, our conversations are encouraging to you, that they help equip you to be better witnesses of your faith, and that you would be seeking out Muslims that you can befriend, that you can talk with, that you can share truth with, that you can love the way Jesus would love. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.